What's up, millennials? Welcome back or welcome to the Franchise Millennial Podcast. My name is Kobe Lomax. I am a millennial entrepreneur, a digital hustler, and I am obsessed with helping my generation understand all the opportunities that there are in franchising and how you can start your own business for yourself, but not by yourself. Today, we have a very, 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 very special guest. Ethan White. Now, I had the pleasure of meeting this handsome young man at the IFA convention. So the IFA convention is the International Franchising Association convention. I went there last year, 2018, as a scholarship recipient. So I got a scholarship. The scholarship sent me to the IFA convention. And so I went there, did some networking, met this guy named Doc Cohen. Doc Cohen, he's an incredible guy, amazing person, amazing mentor, and he literally has the biggest heart in the entire world. Well, Doc invited me to come back this year. He sponsored my entire trip. Super thankful, super grateful for that. But Ethan received Doc's scholarship. So Ethan was there as well, met him, really great guy, really amazing friend, but he has a truly inspiring story. So I'm so excited that he was able and willing to share his story here on Franchise Millennial today. Hopefully it'll really, you know, inspire some of you, right? That look, this is possible, you can do it. And once you hear his story, you're probably gonna be like, wow. Cause it's just so like, it's really amazing. I mean, he really works his butt off to get to where he is right now. He's going to tell you how he's currently running his own restaurant, which he just opened up two weeks ago, how he was taking 33 credit hours to hurry up and get finished with school. And he's also going to share with you a day in his life. What is it like running a restaurant? What is it like dealing with employees? And what is it really like to be a franchisee? He's even going to take us all the way back to when he first signed that franchise agreement and officially became a Rush Bowls franchisee. So I am so excited for you guys to hear his story. It's amazing. It's incredible. And I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy it and get some value out of it. Thank you so much in advance for spending some time with me and let's get into the episode. Hey, hey, Ethan, how's it going? I mean, I, I was gonna say I know we were just together like a couple of days ago, so I mean, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything new these uh, few days, but uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, doing really good actually, really really good. Awesome. But yeah, so excited you could be on the podcast today. Uh, thank you for some of your time. Just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me on today. Uh, excited to to share a little bit about that. Um, my name's Ethan White, uh, franchisee for Rush Bulls is uh, primary focus uh, in my life right now. And um, <clears throat> what Rush Bulls is, is a food concept, uh, pretty new emerging brand that's franchising, uh, focuses on blended fruit bowls and smoothies. All right, cool. And for, for those of you who are listening, some of these, some of the audience might not be aware of some of the terms. So franchisee, that means like the franchise is Rush Bowls. He has his own Rush Bowls. So, well, well, you, well, you have three, right? Well, two of the, one of them so far. Yeah. So, yeah. So one so far. And uh, typically when you sign a franchise agreement, a lot of franchisors, so the other part of Rush Bowls, that would be uh, called the franchisor. They like to look for people that are, you know, maybe running more than one because it typically makes it easier on both sides. If you have someone that can run, you know, three, it may become a bit more of an expert in the operations and maybe require a little less support than someone that's running one. So yeah. we have one built so far. 
and uh, by the end of 2020, um, we'd, we'd like to have three. And uh, if it's up to me, I'd like to get it done sooner. I'm all about growth. All right, sounds good. So uh, on the topic of Rush Bowls, what is Rush Bowls? So the, uh, the brand has been around for... Uh, it's just over 15 years now. Started out in Boulder, Colorado, um, and the idea behind the food is uh, blended fruit bowls and smoothies. Uh, acai bowls is what some people might be familiar with, uh, and the idea is healthy food that you can get uh, on the go. Uh, it's made right in front of you. Everything's customizable, um, allergen friendly. Um, so really, just giving people the option to, you know, on the way to work or class or whatever it is. Um, they can stop somewhere and have an option that's quick that is also, you know, you're going to feel good about yourself later instead of grabbing breakfast or lunch and feeling like you ate a brick. Yeah, I need one of those because uh... – <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, so it sounds really good. I want, I'm going to get out there one day and try it because they're, they're... – yeah, yeah, I was going to say – yeah, I was going to say there are none, like, here, so, you know. So let's talk about franchising. How did you get into franchising? and How did you learn about franchising? It started for me uh, in high school. I was probably about 16 when I started looking at um, kind of dabbling entrepreneurship um, and doing, you know, web-based things and um, trying to sell on Amazon and, mm-hmm. and things like that. wasn't yeah. finding much success. Yeah. Um, and around the time I was 18, I, uh, yeah, you're laughing, you know, it's, it's yeah. uh, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> difficult stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just needed some guidance, um, cause I had been messing around with all these ideas that, you know, it's me and a computer and I'm just uh, trying to figure stuff out. Didn't have really a mentor at the time or a structure that, that gave me support or guidance. So, um, I went to an economic development, um, conference that was being, hosted by, I think it was like a, a town hall or something like that, um, just in my, my local area, and there was a guy that was presenting about um, franchising as a way to get small businesses introduced into the community, and um, that that was the first time I'd really heard about the system beyond, you know, what people typically think of as, oh, McDonald's is a franchise, you know, or things like that. Right. Um, and he was talking about, you know, there's cleaning franchises, there's, you know, window service franchises, just all these things. Yeah, um, so many. So that, that planted the seed for me. And then um, over the next couple of years, I kind of went in and out of committing to doing, you know, something in franchising or not uh, until close to a year ago now, I'm really committing to it. Mm. Okay, so that's how you got into it. But so why Rush Bowls? Like, how did you choose? Like, how was... How did you know that was the one? Or, like, what did the process look like when you were trying to find, like, hmm, which one do I want to do? Yeah, so the, the selection process for me um, was actually going back to the gentleman that presented at that uh, development conference was uh, from a company called FranNet, and they're a franchise brokerage, and then they're, you know, or franchise consultants. Um, people use both terms. But, uh, and there's, I think, quite a few of these out there. Uh, they take people that are looking for a franchise and, uh, you know, in my case, we did kind of a personality assessment, an assessment of what's your experience, what are the things that you're looking for, you know, do you want to manage people, do you want to work business to business, do you want to have, you know, all these things. Um, so we talked through all that and assessed a few different options. Probably about over three months, we went through different franchise options, spoke with different people, 
And uh, initially, I was opposed to food, but um, when I was introduced to Rush Bowls, I was really excited about the concept, just with the direction that health food is going, um, but also on a personal level, because I knew that I wanted to be involved in something where I could walk into the business every day or look at what I'm doing and and feel proud of it and be excited about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I, if I was involved with, you know, McDonald's per se, you know, not to bash on, on the business at all, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be as excited about yeah. that or feel as good about that on a personal level. Right. And, uh, the business also made a lot of sense to me from, uh, you know, the staffing needs and, and the, the business side of it, I guess as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really big. And I'm glad that you brought that up. The whole point on like, you being happy or like proud of the product right because i know like for me personally when i was running the candle business uh for the people who don't know uh, my first company i started when i was 15 was called ardent candle company it was a company that made scented candles that looked good enough to eat like i don't even use candles you know what i'm saying and so like at first i was just doing it because i'm like oh yeah this is a cool business i can do it it's something that i can do right and um so I was doing it, you know, and it was fun because like I was learning how to make candles. So that was kind of cool. And then once I like really knew how to make candles, like now I'm like, okay, I have a business and this is cool. Like, wow, I really have my own business, you know, type of thing. And then over time, like it was like, yo, I don't even use the product. It, it just got work. It got harder and harder and harder. Cause I'm like, yo, I, I don't even want to go out and tell people to buy this because like, I wouldn't even use it, you know, and it's not that it's bad. Like my mom uses them all the time. They're great. But I was just like, you know, I, this is just not something that I'm really into. And it took me forever to like step away from it. So that's, that's really big. Like, you know, like being proud of like the product that you're selling. I think that's a great point. I mean, you have to be able to, I mean, when you look at something, I think you should ask, could I do this for, you know, a year, two years, three years, and, you know, still be excited about it all the way down the road. Right. So my next question is, imagine we're in a time machine and we're going back in time. You're at where you're, like, starting out. Bring us along that journey. Like, like what was it like starting out? Yeah, so I guess I'd go back to the time around where I, where I signed the agreement and kind of committed to Rush Bowls. Is that, is that our starting point? All right, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. So, um... The initial thing to do was, you know, you got to find a find a location. Um, and and the interesting part about the whole process for me was absolutely everything uh, was new uh, in, in the process. You know, from finding a location to construction to hiring, and we'll we'll go through all that. But yeah. um, the location search, um, I was in an area that I was familiar with in the town uh, where I went to college. Um, so I, I felt like I had an idea of where I wanted to be, and it took me a while to find out, you know, how do you use a real estate broker to, to get into the right spot? Do you, how do you negotiate deals? And um, ultimately, it took seven months before I had a lease signed um, from the time that I signed my franchise agreement till I had uh, a lease on an actual property. Wow. And that is a, a really, really long time. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that period was um, the building that I was negotiating for was new construction. I was confident that I wanted to be in it. And uh, the landlord uh, kind of fought us on being in it. They wanted uh, kind of a, a bigger tenant. They wanted uh, an operator that had uh, you know more experience or a bigger name behind them. Um, but uh, and, and 10 months is a long time for anyone who, who doesn't know kind of the typical timeline. When someone signs a franchise agreement, they typically... You know, they want to hit the ground running and be be open as soon as they can. Yeah. Um, 
and I think it, it, that uh, that was a mental fight during that period. You know, it was oh, yeah. telling a bunch of people, "I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing this now," and then uh, they say, "Great, you know, when's when's it happening, or where's it going to be?" And you just all you have to say to all their questions are, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> but um, once we got past that, the next next big thing for us was construction, uh, which was again all new for me um you know how do you go out and evaluate contractors and different bids and uh you know not all franchises have construction involved with them um you know but but most have a physical location and and some level of construction and this is a part of pretty much all restaurant concepts is you have to do a build out of some kind yeah and um evaluating that was was difficult for me i went out and spoke to like five different contractors in the area um, some of them told me no, that they just weren't interested in the project. Um, I had, I actually one uh, asked me, you know, what are we looking at in terms of, of payment risk? You know, essentially telling me uh, that he didn't he didn't think that I'd be able to pay them, wow. uh, which was was interesting. Yeah, um, wow. And uh, had one, you know, we we negotiated through the deal, got to the end when we were going to sign the paperwork, and uh, there's something called a guaranteed max. Uh, which states the contractor can't ex- exceed um, a certain amount in their bid, uh, which is something we had agreed to verbally and, and kind of working out the details. And we get to the end of the contract, and he said, you know, he gives me a contract and it's not in there. And I said, you know, this is, this is missing. And he said, oh, that's a typo. And, uh, you know, we, there's, there's not really typos in, in contracts that are, by lawyers missing entire clauses. Right. So I, was, I, I had all kinds of interesting experiences along the way, but um, by by the end of that that deal, which probably set me back, um, those those conversations that I had probably set me back another um, month beyond when I had wanted to start construction. Um, but by the time we got started, um, I was really happy with the person we were working with. Um, and that process honestly went about as smooth as I think construction can go from what I've heard from other people, mm-hmm. um, never goes terribly smooth. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that was, and, and once construction was nearing the end, it's time to hire people, time to start marketing. We started marketing about 30 days, uh, before open, um, okay. start hiring people around that same time. Hiring was, uh. Really exciting because I uh, one of the things I looked for initially with um, searching for a franchise was I wanted to have a team and I wanted to have it be you know a high energy environment where we had um, just you know when you walk into a place and the people there just feel like they're kind of sap the energy out of you and yeah a big part of the reason I was initially opposed to food is you walk into these places sometimes and uh, there's just there's no life in the building and um so i I worked really hard to try to hire the right people and i did um i think i'm not sure how typical it is for food service but i did uh close to 70 interviews uh to hire 10 people um (laughs) and that doesn't include you know all the initial filtering of you know phone interviews and then you know how many applicants were online and all that stuff right uh and i think we were fortunate to have that many applicants um to to let me be picky but um 
that was a really tiring week. I yeah. didn't really, I didn't I really want to talk to anyone else at the end of that. But. <laughs> like, look, don't talk to me. I've been talking to people all day. Yeah, I'd have days where you just line up like 15 or 20 people back to back and, and do interviews. Wow. Um, but um, I, I've been really happy with our staff, though, and I think they've, they've done a great job, which makes me feel like that was worth it. I think some people, when they're looking at a business, they kind of miss they miss the people side of it. Right. Um, yeah. Even, in, even in food service, you're selling an experience along with whatever product it is that you have. And, and that experience is important to people. I assume you went through some training or. Yeah. And that, and that preparation occurs in a variety of ways. Uh, a lot of times when people talk about the training, I think they, uh, they think of, you know, the franchisee flies to the, the home office of the franchise and, you know, they're there for a week or, two weeks or whatever it is, uh-huh. um, and they have formal training while they're there. Uh, in my case, it was going to a uh, store in Denver um, and doing management training there for a week, um, learning everything from, you know, how do you build out an appropriate schedule, how do you manage inventory, to how do you do localized marketing. Um, and mm. that was a really intense week, but a really just a, a fantastic week. And that was about a month before we opened, and uh, – before I left for that training, I was just uh, thinking to myself a lot. I'm going to have a store that's open in a month, and I have no idea how to run it. And, right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was really nerve-wracking, but um, coming back from that uh, training experience, I felt really well-equipped and uh, ready to be open. And um, I think with a lot of good franchise companies, you'll hear that. You know, People are really nervous before they do their training. Right. Um, but I think that soothes out a lot of those concerns. Yeah, I think that's really fun. I think that would be really fun, too. I mean, me personally, I would, like, I feel like it would be so exciting, you know, going there, seeing everything, learning all about all that stuff. And, I mean, me personally, I learn best from, like, actually doing the stuff, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I bet that was, like, great. Oh, absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, when you talk about running a store, there's so many, you know, or any kind of business, there's so many small things that you almost can't even visualize yourself doing you just have to you have to get in there and and do it to know what it's really like right yeah okay so now today what does the day in the life of ethan look like all right so we've only been open about two weeks so my day is uh still (laughs) well i say it's a a bit more frantic than i'd like it to be but i'll probably (laughs) typically keep myself busy anyways but um i wake up at, at six in the morning, and um, I, I, you know, I don't have one of those power mornings that people do. I wake up at six. Yeah, same. And, I I'm kind of like sprint. I'm sprinting out my door. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Me. Me. I'm not. I'm not really out the door, but I've always been an early bird, so I'm normally up like four thirty, five, and then I'll I walk Penny because she always has to use the bathroom right away, and then like I get back in here, I feed her, and then I'm like. All right, what do I need to do today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't have some kind of routine, but uh, I get up and do what I need to do to get ready at home, and I'm usually out the door about 30 minutes later um, on my way to the store, and uh, I'll get there at 6.45 most mornings unless, um, you know, we've been open for two weeks, so uh, a week or two from now, I'll have shift leads that are, you know, opening on their own and whatnot, but I'm in the store for opening and closing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll get there at 6.45, get out all the inventory, do setup, um, you know, with other staff that gets there at that time. 
open at seven. Uh, our mornings are a little bit slow, so I use that to kind of catch up on uh, office work um, until you know around lunchtime. I'll come out front and, and help uh, with actually preparing the, the food and whatnot. Um, and then my day, I just kind of set up meetings and calls and, you know, do what I need to do, whether, you know, today I was entering payroll and looking at, you know, our IT infrastructure and, you know, there's just all these small tasks that have to get done or ordering inventory or taking inventory, yeah. um, things that I'll be training other people to do as time goes on. Um, but I'm doing that until uh, the store closes at 7 and we finish up closing around 7.30 or 7.45. And um, really, I go home from there and uh, by, by 9 o'clock or 9.30, I'm ready to I'm ready to go to bed again, so yeah. I'm pretty much uh, at the store all day minus two or three hours each day. That sounds pretty fun, actually. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? It is really fun. Yeah, you're you're beat at the end of the day, and you're ready to go to bed, but you feel like you earned it. Right? Yeah, yeah, and and and, and you know what? I think is a really cool thing, especially being the fact that, like you know what to do, right? Like, and that's that's one of the things about franchising that's like so like amazing to me it's like you know like i ran a few, i started a couple companies um and but ardent was definitely the candle company that was definitely the one that i was definitely in for the longest i did it for four years and it would it would literally drive me crazy some days like i wake up and i'm like i know i need to be doing something but i don't know what you know what i'm saying like i don't know what to do i don't know what i should be doing right now i don't know what's going to be the best use of my time there are so many things to do uh, you know it, it it literally drives me crazy and that's one of the things that, like i literally like fell in love with you know and franchising is that like you literally know what to do you know and then the other good thing about franchising is your day doesn't have to be set up uh like mine is right now i made the choice to be really hands-on and to understand exactly what the inside of the store looks like and uh, you know so i can hire better and hopefully train better but franchising gives you you know ideally a, a good system where uh you can hire someone that's good and you can train them and then you can you can take a step back and not have uh, crazy days so that option is is available too so my next question is about money so and i don't know if you're able to share if you're not it's totally fine but uh, can you talk a little bit about, so are you, this is how I believe it is. I'm not 100% sure. That's why I'm asking you. But so is it pretty much like you, like, so your store generates revenue, then you pay your royalties to Rushbowl, so like whatever that is. You pay your marketing budget, and then like you pay your bills and your employees, and then like is, is the rest of that yours? Yes. Yeah. So oh, it's okay. just like ownership of any other business except, you know, that you have your royalty and your con contribution to the national marketing fund. Other yeah. than that, yeah, bottom line goes to the to the franchisee. Wow. Okay. Cool. And then, um, one, how much was how much like did it cost you in the beginning, and like how did you afford it? Because I know you had like an interesting story on how how that happened. There's investment levels, you know, of all ranges when you look at different businesses. Um, for this particular one, our first store um, took us about three, and I'm deducting some of the franchise fee because it's for future locations, but mm -hmm. um, it's 325000 is what we invested in this location, and that includes, you know, some working capital and a little bit of surplus in there so that we don't run out of money. Yeah. Um, but... 
Um, as far as my personal equity contribution goes, um, I'm the majority owner for the company. I do have um, an investor that is uh, somebody that I, I used to work for, um, knew I was interested in entrepreneurship, and uh, was, you know, fortunately for me, happy to back me uh, when I approached him and told I, him I was interested. Um, but as far as where my contribution came from, uh, I, when I got accepted to college, I was fortunate enough to, to have an education fund, uh, but have received a scholarship, and so I no longer needed it. Uh, so I, I was always interested in capital markets and finance, and so I got into trading stocks um, and other financial instruments. And uh, pretty soon I had, I had doubled the money that I had in there. Probably over the course of, it was 12 to 18 months uh, that happened. Wow. Um, and then and then I was looking at the account, just, you know, there'd be days <laughs> where, you know, it'd be nerve-wracking. I'd make some, I didn't have, uh, you know, probably the safest strategies that I was using. I was like an 18, 19-year-old guy trying to, yeah, I think some of it was glorified gambling, and I got lucky. And right, uh, yeah. <laughs> I decided that I, <laughs> yeah. So I decided that I wanted to get away from that and move into something safer, something that would give me ownership. Um, so that's I took that money and put it toward uh, opening the franchise, um, and then we also used debt too, uh, which I think is a a really good instrument to to use when you're opening a franchise because. It increases your return. Um, and I know some people aren't comfortable with, you know, going and, and getting a loan, but uh, a lot of times that's that's a part of business ownership if you do want to do something that has a requires a large initial investment. Yeah, and like that, it's so funny that you say that because I was talking to someone today and I was saying like it's interesting how like I think it was John Hayes was telling us um, at IFA that like like banks are more likely to give you know a franchisee money before they give just some random guy who wants to start a business money because of franchisees, you know, success rate. And it was funny because I looked up the statistics for like the amount of students who after graduating have like a job and it was like uh, 73% or so, like, yeah, 73% of students graduate college and have like a secure job. But that job's probably not enough to pay for your student loans, right? So like you're willing to go in debt, right? Take out money for this education that's gonna give you a 73% chance to get a job that's not gonna be able to afford to pay that loan off in a reasonable time versus doing the same thing, but with a franchise where you have a 90% you know, success rate and then being able to make money and then turn that into more. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah, and I think it, you know, the way that you're looking at it is you know, the, the way that makes sense to look at it, but when there's something that I think is commonly accepted, you know, taking student loans is commonly accepted as, you know, right. just being the right thing to do no matter the situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I always looked at it in terms of, uh, you know, what's what's your return on investment? You know, right. if you're taking out debt, hopefully it gives you some, some positive financial return, I think. Right. That's the way to think about it instead of, you know, I'm scared about debt, I don't know if I should do it. You should look at, well, what's the projected, you know, coverage on the debt and, and things like that. Right, yeah. What are your plans for the future? I, I hate this question because I'm, that's why I didn't give it a specific time because people are like, what, do you, what are your plans in five years? And I'm like, well, 
stuff could change tomorrow. So I don't know, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you just have an idea right now, I mean, it could change, but like, what are your plans for the future? Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of that to you. I'm going to say it could change tomorrow, but right. I will give you something here. Um, yeah. I, uh, so over the next year to 18 months, I'd like to have our next two stores open. Um, and then there's going to be a period of reevaluating for me. Uh, we'll have three stores open. Um, I'll, I'll kind of see what day to day looks like at that point and, and where I am in life. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of franchisees choose to sell at some point or they choose to expand or they choose to, you know, go get a job or keep their job at the same time. Um, and so I think that that's kind of what it looks like for me is once I have these open, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll really love it and I'll, I'll be really into it and I want to open more Russell stores or maybe, you know, I, uh, I'll say it's time to move on to the next chapter and I'll be looking to sell. Um, or yeah. maybe I want to you know, get a manager in place and, and get another job. Um, and I think, you know, so I guess my answer is kind of that I'll have to, I'll have to reevaluate, but those are, those are the things I'm thinking of right now. Yeah. And, and I really like that approach because so many people come up with this plan and then they're like, all right, this is exactly what I'm going to do. And then like they, they're sticking to that plan and they like literally block out any other opportunities, you know, and so I really like that fact that like you're like, yeah, well, I don't really know, but these are the things that could happen and I'll figure out when I, you know, when I cross that road. Because I, I, so many people, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And then after this happens, this is going to happen. And, and I'm like, you know, like that's probably not going to happen that way at all, you know. And then like people are like, set back because they're like, oh, man, it didn't work. I'm a failure. Life sucks. You know, so like I really like that approach. You're like, uh, well, I, I don't know. We'll see. You know, I'll figure out. You have to be ready to adjust because sometimes you're not going to have a choice. Right. <laughs> one more question. One more question. Okay, so you finished school in two years, correct? I did, yeah. So what was that like? <laughs> that was, uh, well, what that was like was getting really tired of looking at books. Yeah. Um, the, the reason that I graduated that quickly was um, I kind of, by the time I wanted to graduate that fast, I um, I knew I wanted to do a franchise already. So we signed my franchise agreement when I was 19 years old. Okay. Um, in my in the second semester or the first, gosh, I don't know when it was, um, but it was pretty close to the beginning of me starting college. And so I knew I wanted to be able to focus on that and yeah. not really have school in the way at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so what that looked like was buckling down and um, – doing school in the in the summer as well as during the year and uh, i think the most credits i took during the term was like 33 or 32 um but uh, wait, 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 wait wait stop if you can see my face right now, what <laughs> i would have literally died i would have literally like jumped off of the roof of my dorm like what 30 what i can't even <laughs> I can, what, a lot of school. That it's is. Especially like, when you hate school. I, I really didn't like school, but I wanted to be out bad enough that I was willing to, to yeah. bite the bullet and, and just finish it. Because uh, I knew if I left to do the franchise um, that I wouldn't come back ever. Yeah. Um, so I, I decided, and that's where I had some, some good people that helped me. You know, I really wanted to just leave and say, I'm done. I'm just, I'm going to run this business and forget about school but you know i had a scholarship and you know people yeah said to me, it was you know, paid for like, here, you know yeah so yeah, yeah. um 
and, and I feel like that was the right decision looking back, even though um, that, that was really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Like, what? Yo, I'm still <laughs> stuck. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that was great. That was great. But, uh, yeah, that's all I have. Um, thank you so much once again for your time. I'm excited for the franchise millennial listeners to uh, hear what you have to say. You kind of you dropped some gems on the podcast today. Some pretty good information, and uh, I think it'll be some really good insight for like what it's really like, you know, running a franchise specifically that young. I, any last words? Yeah, I, I just want to say thank you to you, and uh, I'm really excited for this podcast. Uh, I'll definitely be tuning in. I. Uh, I'm excited to hear some of the other content that comes out, and uh, I think it's really awesome what you're doing uh, in terms of you know, giving people uh, just an outlet to, to have some education about this. I remember um, trying to look for podcasts about franchising at one point, yes. and uh, what I came across was a sea of nothing. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, literally, so, literally. as soon as I got back from IFA, I was like, hmm, let me try to learn some more stuff about this. And it was literally nothing. So you know what I had to do? I had, oh, I had to, uh, you know, the franchise opportunities guide that we got? I was yeah. literally, like, studying that, like, taking notes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, because I'm like, yo, why can't I find anything? You know, I'm like, you know what? That's all right. That's all right. I'm going to fix this. But uh, if you can't find it, make it. I love your attitude. Yeah. Yeah, and especially like I don't, like I don't know. There was just something like once I got this idea of like wow, like my generation really doesn't have a clue yet. This could like literally change some people's lives, you know. Once I once I got that like inspiration, like it just I, and I get ideas at all every day, like every hour, you know what I'm saying? But like this time, like it wouldn't leave. Like it was like I'm in the shower thinking about this. I'm like, brushing my teeth thinking about this. I'm eating lunch thinking about this. First thing I do when I wake up, I'm thinking about this. I'm going to sleep thinking about this. Like, it was crazy. I was like, yo, I really have to do this. And so I, I just went for it. That's when you know you have to. Right, yeah. Doesn't leave you alone. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Franchise Millennial. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do so for new episodes every single day. Also, I'd appreciate it so much if you could leave a five-star rating on this podcast. And if you're feeling a little extra generous, leave a review as well. If you found some value out of this episode, don't be selfish. Share it with someone who you think might also find value from this episode. But thank you so much for listening today. I'm your host, Kobe Lomax, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode.